Want to know the secret to healthcare disruption? It's you. It's you. Are you ready to join hosts Jerry Durham and Andrew Rothschild in breaking down the healthcare status quo and creating a customer-focused experience? It starts with you. Time to break it. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Disruption Podcast. Today, as you all know, um, and as I've mentioned, I'm really excited to have Mike Eisenhart, physical therapist, um, but he's definitely stretching the term physical therapist far beyond its uh, boundaries of what you've ever had in your imagination of what a physical therapist does. But again, uh, Mike Eisenhart is with me today, and I want to welcome him. Welcome, Mike. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Good. So how are things in New Jersey? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Good. So Mike, can let's just start, you know, I know probably most of the people listening have heard of you. Um, let's assume most have not. So can you just bring us back to really your, your, what you're doing these days and maybe let's go, let's take a step higher. Where, where is your thought process today about how physical therapy really fits into uh, the healthcare system. Oh man. Um, so you, you're giving me like a, like an open platform there. Um, you got it. Good. Take it and run, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that um, physical therapy uh, is a, is ready for, you know, some retooling and overhaul. Um, I think that the healthcare system is, is just dying for a profession who can step in and face health instead of facing disease. Right. So society overall is just, you know, they're just clamoring for this idea of, of we, we all know we need to get healthy. We all know we're heavier than we should be. And we have more disease risks than ever. And it's killing us from a cost perspective and bankrupting families. Like we get it okay, now what do we do and, and who do we talk to? Um, and, uh, and in many ways, the primary care physician has been made to be the quarterback of this thing. And, and, and that's fine because it makes sense. Um, but even they don't really know what to actually do. They, they're not on the ground providers that much anymore. They're really, you know, kind of medically managing folks. And, um, and so PTs are the, the perfect fit. So, you know, I, we've kind of tossed around this term PT version 2.0 and, and I, that's what I'm all about. That's where my, my brain is. So let's, um, I heard a couple things. So you mentioned, let's go back so much of this and, and I've, I've had the pleasure and, um, the honor of getting to talk to you a fair amount and getting to clarify some of this stuff. And I'm still, I wouldn't even say I'm hundred percent clear on all of it. So tell me what you mean by the primary care docs are medically managing people. And, and maybe if this is appropriate time, talk about how and where we fit in there. Do we fit in the medical management after you define it? Well, so I, I mean, we, we do in a sense, I mean, we, we've not yet as a profession, we've not yet agreed that we do. Um, but we do. It's very, very clear. Right. So so if you think of the term, you know, sort of this big, long spectrum from optimal performance, you know, best version of myself on the left and and absolute, you know, terrible disease riddled on the right. Um, I think the primary care docs are, are right in the middle of that. 
and I think they're ultimately facing to the right, right? Like they, they're literally standing there looking to the right, to the disease end of the spectrum and trying to kind of pull back on the cord and keep people from going that down that road too fast, right? Um, I think that we are best positioned standing right next to them, one step to the left, shoulder to shoulder, facing the other way, right? Keeping people, you know, sort of pushing and keeping people up on the left side of that spectrum. Um, so that's really where we fit. Not many PTs are, are doing that yet. Um, more and more are, are kicking in around and figuring out how to do that. But the docs are medically managing. I mean, they're dealing with, um, you know, medications and, and recommending, you know, procedures and surgeries and all that other good stuff. And, and that's okay if a person absolutely needs that. But, but in my mind, and, and certainly in our practice, what we found is that not nearly as many people need that if we teach them how to stay on the left side of that spectrum, you know, stay facing health. Um, and they're, they're definitely, you know, I mean, there's a lot of overlap. There are plenty of docs out there who are doing a great job at this. And we've seen lifestyle medicine really grow, um, but they, they don't really have an applied professional on the ground that they can go to. They don't have somebody they can refer to. And that should be I us. I love your, yeah, I loved what you said about facing health versus facing the diseases. Is that how you put it? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Health facing for sure. Yeah. The health facing and the other analogy I really liked. And, you know, if for the listeners out there, just kind of get in the mindset of where we fit with, you know, musculoskeletal people coming in, we should be standing next to that primary care doc. And I've, I've given that talk on low back pain and never imagined I would ever be believing nor engaging in conversation where we need to be standing next to the primary care doc to move people towards health. But I like, again, how you talk about managing with medications and procedures versus managing towards the health. So I know for a fact, because I was fortunate enough to um, come up to New Jersey and come to the infamous Base Camp 31, correct? Did I yeah, yeah, properly? it was awesome. Glad yeah, to have you there. So it was awesome and um, didn't know what to expect and um, was actually happy you didn't shall we say, uh, prejudice me. Cause when I pulled up there, I wasn't quite, I, I knew I was in the right place, but I didn't quite know what I was walking into. Now, mind you, it says physical therapy. Um, so can you explain to people out there how you've set up, um, your practice and what's going on there? Yeah. So, um, I'll give you the really short version of it. Um, my mother-in-law handed me a book one day. Uh, it was written by a guy named Dan Butner, who the book is called Blue Zones. And um, and it really was sort of a National Geographic study on where people live these long, healthy lives, right? Like they age, you know, get to be 100 years old and they're still really strong and healthy and happy. Um, and, and, I, and I read it and I went, man, that is just awesome. You know, that's what I want to do when I grow up, right? And of course, you know, I was <laughs> well grown up at that point. Point. But that's what I really want my practice to be. That's what I want our team to be doing is helping people to live this like optimal life, whatever that is that they define. But but no matter where you go, whatever optimal life is, you can't do it without health, right? Like it's impossible to do as a head in a jar. You you have to have your health to do it. Um, so that was it. I said, great, like we're going to create a blue zone in our own community. The building was a restaurant. Um, you know, the owner got into some trouble. The building went up on auction. Um, I won the auction and we redesigned it um, so that it would really be focused on our, our you know, sort of our folks. And um, and I know you, you like this term and it gets thrown around a lot, but like the experience, the idea that we, we wanted people to really feel like, 
you know, like it was their, their third place, you know, like you hear Starbucks talk about, you have home, that's your first place, you got work, that's your second yeah, place. You walk in that front door. I'm sorry, Mike, but I want people to understand this is an experience. And even when you roll up in my car, you do not, you say conscious, I guarantee you subconsciously, a hundred percent of the people roll up, say, uh, this is not what I expected, which is a good thing because you're thinking you're going to a healthcare practitioner and you roll up and say, this isn't the same. And you've created that you've created, you're setting that expectation is my other thing from the moment you park the car. So make sure and let everybody know that that restaurant still exists in there. It isn't, you converted a restaurant into a clinic. Oh no, that's right. I wouldn't yeah. have interrupted you. So no, no worries. No worries. Yeah. So that's exactly right. I mean, you walk in the door and, um, and, and, you know, we have pictures and stuff all over the place of, of people who are, are achieving. Right. So we've, we've talked to, we call ourselves a human achievement business. Like we're, our job is to help you be your best to achieve. Um, and you walk in and then we have a cafe and, um, you know, we got into nutrition because we realized that it was really one of the three legs of the stool. Right. So, so health, you, you have to move well and you have to move enough. Right. So we, we, you know, very uh, profoundly, we call that move. Um, you, you have to fuel well. You've got to put the right stuff in if you want performance out, right? If you want the best version of you, you can't put garbage in. Um, so we've really sort of dove into nutrition and an understanding exactly how we can make that practical. Um, and then you've got to recover. You know, you have to balance sleep and recovery with you know, the move side and the fuel side. Right. So, so, you know, in our world, we call that like load management or training stress management, but it's the same basic idea. It's, it's, you've got to, you know, inputs and outputs and you got to balance the two and, and that's vitality. So, um, yeah, so that's it. We kept the, the cafe and tried to make it sort of homey and, and, and really encourage the community to be, you know, right there with us. Well, I can vouch for the cafe and the hominess because, um, I arrived early and so Mike is not there. I step in the foyer, I'd call it. So the front area and you walk in and you're dead on. I'm so glad you said that. I look to the right and there's this achievement wall. Now I'll call it. And I stood there without knowing if I was, I knew I was in the right place, but without knowing what I was walking into, I stood there and read all these achievements and it was awesome. And then, um, knowing that uh, Mike was, because Mike had texted me, knowing he was not going to be there, I stepped in the cafe, got some coffee, nice couch, nothing but great healthy magazines, got a couple of great recipes out of the magazines as I was waiting. But again, the expectation and walking into that, I can only imagine being a, a person, a customer who needs your services and knowing, you know what, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. And I think it's a damn good thing we're not in Kansas because we're in the right place. So, um, you know, even to the point of, uh, there's a, I would call, so I'm just going to call it this. You look to the right and there's a gym. There's, there's no, there's no reception desk, which was actually a good thing in the past. You know, I'd knock people, but no, it was a good thing. You see a gym to the right and this welcoming cafe to the left. So you really couldn't go wrong, whichever direction you went. So can you talk a little bit about the people that are coming in that you're and I'm doing the quote thing with my finger that you're taking care of, Mike, tell us a little bit about the people coming in. Yeah. So we have a, um, 
a pretty wide variety. Um, you know, we, you know, in fairness, we do have um, a, a traditional PT practice, so people do come in with injuries, um, but that's not our bread and butter. Um, you know, we really set up early on in our practice that our we were a prevention firm, right? Our, our job is to help people be their best and keep them out of the healthcare system. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't say that like it's sort of facetiously, but. But that's really the truth, right? Like you start to look at it and poke around it and you realize that when people enter the traditional healthcare system, their life gets worse, not better in most cases, right? And, and, and they go there and they get three diagnoses and a couple medications and like scared and lots of fear. <laughs> like it's not good. Um, so, so we viewed it as, look, our job is to keep people from that. Um, so definitely some people walk in the door with pain and, and, and post-injury. The vast majority walk in the door because they either want to be healthy or have some kind of athletic achievement in their mind. Um, so more of like a coaching type scenario. Um, and then more and more what we're seeing is what we call like lifestyle clients who, who their doctors and, and their friends and family are referring them to us um, and saying, listen, like you're about to have something go wrong, right? You're the pre-diabetic, you're the pre-hypertensive, you're, you know, somebody who just is, is has general malaise, you just don't feel good. Um, you know, you're kind of hitting that wall, that first wall in life. Um, and, you know, for us as professionals, we might call that burnout. But but these are folks who just they don't know what's going on. They just know it's not them and they want to feel better and be better. And uh, and, and, you know, we, we take up the case. Yeah, that's interesting. And now we're back to now we're ready to expand your mind here people and hearing Mike say this and now talking with them and actually getting to be in there I'm finally starting to grasp this but those people he just mentioned are probably the majority of people that we never see so when we think about being health facing right and what we can do as a profession to solve healthcare which is one of my favorite terms um these are the people where we are going to make the biggest impact. And as Mike will prove to you and has proved to me, we need to step up and um, play this role. So tell me, Mike. Um, so I am aware because I actually uh, was there when someone who, who you had evaluated about four to five weeks earlier had come in. So that exact client that you just described had come in. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how you guys manage those patients? So what you do, because, because right now my brain would be going, I don't know what the fuck to do with these people. What do I do here? here sit, wait, you're, you're, you don't have a musculoskeletal problem. No. Why are you here? Right. So can you take us through that, please? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, so this guy was referred from his primary care doc um, and we have a good relationship with the doc and he actually is also one of our clients. He trains with us on, on the fitness and, and kind of performance side. Um, and we started talking to him basically saying, look, like, what do you do? Cause he, this doc is in an ACO, right? So, so he is now, his role has shifted. He's much more in the manager's seat now than he was in the, you know, years ago in the treatment seat. So I've been really intrigued with this and, and kind of talking to the docs and saying, look, like, what are you, what do you do now with this guy who, you know, like average Joe, who, you know, is about to sort of pop on the, on the claim side, right? Because again, if this, this person's claims go up, the doctor loses money. I mean, that's essentially how the ACO model works. Um, and it's going to get more of that 
before it gets less of that. So I said, so we, we know that pre-diabetics are going to become diabetics, right? We know that pre-hypertensives are going to become hypertensives. I mean, there's examples where it doesn't happen, but almost always. So what do you do with that guy? And of course the doc said, well, listen, we, you know, we tell them they should diet and exercise. And, you know, and I said, so, so is that it? Like, like what happens? And, and they said, well, you know, that's about all we've got. And I said, man, what if you could just refer them here and we actually built them a plan, right? Like what if I wrapped my entire team around this guy and built him a specific plan? So that's what we do. Um, we start them with, um, you know, evaluating those variables, right? So we look at their movement, we look at their fitness, um, we look at their eating patterns, um, we look at their self-reports of stress and, and anxiety and, um, and whether or not there's, you know, high levels of satisfaction in their life and all of those things that actually matter to our happiness and, and our, you know, our, our, our ability to function in the world. Um, and then we build a plan based on what we see. Uh, this particular guy was, um, he was trying to exercise, but had some pain. So we wanted to resolve that. Um, so he's trying to do the right thing. He was heavier than he'd ever been. So he was depressed a little bit about that. Um, he was, uh, you know, so, so if you really high level break down the body into it can burn sugar, it can burn fat, you know, and that's, I know I'm, I'm glazing over it, but that's basically what it can burn. Um, he was not burning fat real well, right? He was, um, you know, kind of a high anxiety, what I call channel a right sympathetic nervous system dialed up kind of a guy who eats sugar, burns sugar, and probably will become a diabetic when his pancreas sort of kicks out. Um, and so we, we told them, like, we got to fix that, right? We got to do that with some dietary mechanisms. We got to do that with some exercise mechanisms. And we've got to get you moving a little better so that you don't hurt as much. So this becomes enjoyable, not torture. Um, and, and six weeks later, I mean, this guy is, he's making a life change. I mean, there's no question about it. And I can't take credit incredible. for it because I only evaluated him, you know. But yeah, yeah. That, that was incredible because I was in the office when he came back in and um, did not get to meet him. It wasn't really appropriate at that time, but uh, you guys had the documentation. The other thing I want people to understand and realize this is all objectively measured. So the movement, the fuel, the recovery, all of it. And Mike and I spent a lot of time him, me listening, believe it or not, um, how these are objectively measured. Can you go in just a little bit about the blood test you do, Mike, because that again is going to, um, that that's going to be outside our typical mindset. So can you talk a little bit about that blood set blood test that you do on that initial evaluation? Sure. Yeah. We, um, so years ago we took over a, a large biometric screening, um, contract for an employer client. Uh, they just liked the way that we did things and they said, Hey, could you manage this for us? Um, and so we had outsourced it and then we realized that we could do it better if we just insourced it and got our license. Now in New Jersey to be a lab effectively to do biometric screenings, which is, um, you know, cholesterol, glucose, triglycerides, um, you know, you have to have a lab license. So we did, we went out and got our lab license, which was tedious, but not impossible and uh, hired a medical director on that side. And, uh, and, and we now have that. And we started to look at that data and, uh, you know, this kind of gets into that, you know, my population health bent, but we started to look at the data and the data was just telling us a story that you couldn't ignore. Um, you could see these things coming a mile away if you looked at the data and filtered it appropriately. And so we said, look, we've, we've got to measure this. Um, and so we do, you know, when a person comes in, we, we take a finger stick, uh, blood sample and, um, and we look at their lipid it's called a lipid glue panel. So their, their blood lipids and their, and their glucose. 
um, in addition to a whole bunch of other things, but that's the blood work portion. And we know that the patterns that, that that data tells us, it really helps us understand what's the intervention, you know? So, so a certain pattern of, of blood values, you'd, you'd treat it one way or, or you'd deal with it one way and uh, a certain pattern you'd deal with it another way. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I advocate every PT should have that in their office. I mean, we, we really should, if you're going to do lifestyle interventions. I mean, obviously, probably not necessary if you're, you know, just treating pain. Well, yeah, I want people to understand because, again, if we don't talk about that, then it's, uh, we're back to more of a subjective thing, but, or sorry, subjective thing. We're back to more of subjective side of measuring this stuff, but I want people to understand that what I saw in there was all objective. And again, you and I both know, and most everybody out there knows there's enough research to prove, you know, triglyceride numbers, glucose numbers of where things are going, what the norms are. Um, so again, having those as drivers and objective measures of programs to me would be pretty damn straightforward as you have very well proven. Um, can you get in a little bit to the fuel side, Mike, of what you did or, you know, kind of, I'm still thinking about this one client that I saw in your clinic, but can you talk about the fuel side of what you did for this gentleman to, again, to get to that fuel part of the move fuel and recover program? Sure. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you, if you really dive into the, the research on nutrition, um, you know, there are a couple of general principles that are almost undeniable. And, and one of them is that Americans in general don't eat nearly enough plants, right? They, they just, we just don't eat enough fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, you know, you name it, whatever. And there's lots of little tiny wrinkles in that. And we could dive down all sorts of wormholes that I promise not to, but, um, but, but in, you know, at principle, at the principle level, it's eat more plants, right? Like just get that number up. And there's plenty of research that shows that people who have a predominantly plant-based diet have very, very good health overall. Um, and, and there's even some push right now to look at it and how it impacts the environment and all sorts of other stuff. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not like a, you know, animal rights guy, although I love animals and, you know, I wouldn't trade my dog for the world, but, but, you know, that's not my driver here. And then the second part of it is that I'm also, you know, I'm not like against people who like to eat meat, you know, like I go out and go to a wedding, like I'm having the prime rib, like that, that's just all there is. Right. Um, but, but, but the, the reality when you look at it is, is that if you go imbalanced to the point where you're, you're overdosing on those foods, it causes problems. And I mean, it causes problems, everything from heart disease, diabetes, and even Alzheimer's. We're, we're really seeing that link. Um, and, you know, I mean, we don't have a ton of randomized controlled trials, and so we can pick it apart if we want to. But in principle, what we know is that people who have diets that have a lot of plant and fiber in them have better health. So what we do is we measure that. We, we literally have a person tell us, okay, what do you eat? And we score it, and then we try to get them to increase their dosage um, until they're at a high enough level where they would actually see benefit. Um, now there's a whole lot of other little social cues and things that we do to, to create like a reward structure and, and build habits. And there's a lot of social science that goes into this stuff. Um, so I don't want to glaze over and pretend like, you know, we haven't, you know, really done a lot of little details and homework to make it all come together. Um, but, but ultimately if I can help that guy motivate his behavior to eat more plants, we will see his health improve as will he. Um, and, and in this case, the one you're talking about, I mean, it was, it was awesome. Oh yeah. So just again, for context for everybody, 
Um, and I loved hearing you as soon as you saw the numbers, Mike, you said this gentleman is now subclinical and that just, I mean, that just uh, blew up in my brain going, my God, you took somebody who was referred. Now remember what we, how we started this conversation folks is health facing versus disease facing. So we took someone that typically is going to be prescribed. We I'm sorry, Mike and his team. <laughs> sorry about that. You're we with uh, us Mike forever, his, man. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what you're doing. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to take credit for this. <laughs> um, Mike took someone who is is 99.9% of the time going to be prescribed drugs and nothing else. And they made him, made him through the social science, through the monitoring, through his buy-in, made him subclinical. So now they made him healthy. So again, the facing the health and that, I, I got to tell you, the, the experience in your at base camp that day would have been phenomenal, but you don't know how many times I've referred back to that in my head as I'm reading things, as I'm thinking about the future of physical therapy. And you and I had some deep discussions that a lot of people aren't going to like, um, but the future of physical therapy and where it goes and what it really means to be, um, Mike uses another term, Mike, and you can correct me on this is health coach instead of physical therapist. Is that correct? Yeah, we, I mean, I, that, that word is because that term has become a little bit of a buzz term and there are like, you know, weekend certifications now, so I'm not locked into it, but the idea of coaching is I think the right idea, right? We view it as our, we as a team, interdisciplinary we're not all pts right we are here to help you coach yourself to better health to guide you um so if we use the the, the base camp 31 sort of climb the mountain metaphor we would say that we're like a trail guide um and and the re the reality of that is is that Oh, and I happen to be a PT, right? Like, so, so I know that that irks people because I don't come out and say, Oh, I'm Mike Eisenhart. I'm a physical therapist and I happen to do lifestyle stuff. I say, Oh, you're a patient. You are, you're a client, whatever you want to call you. Like you have a concern. I have the tools to help you. Oh, and I happen to be a PT, right? So it's just reordering things. Um, but, but yeah, it's much more of a coaching model. Yeah. So I, man, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, um, being part of that from, I need to write this up because again, from the moment I drove up and realizing that this was not like the other places and then getting to experience it without you being there was uh, pretty cool. And then being there throughout the day um, and seeing how things move and uh, what occurs there during the day, during our conversations was just incredible. So um, let's go. I, I think people are starting to get into their brains. What is going on out there and uh, where we can really make the biggest impact. Talk a little bit because we talked about the schools in the area and um, what I saw when I was leaving were, were the people in the gym. And those, again, those were not physical therapy clients. So can you talk a little bit about what you, what those students and those kids were doing at base camp that day, Mike, again, as from this perspective of what is our role in this whole greater good of healthcare? Yeah. So, so, um, Every day uh, at base camp, you know, when school lets out, we have groups of, of kids from the area, whether they be athletes or just, you know, kids who 
need to get healthy or like whatever the case may be. And they come in and they, and they work out and, um, and work together, uh, with our, with our team, whether that be uh, someone who's in sort of a training, you know, bent or someone who's a PT or, or whoever. And, and they all have individual goals and individual plans, but we put them together in small groups for really the social support idea and camaraderie. Um, and it also spreads the cost down a little bit so we can make it a little more affordable, um, for most people. And, um, and, and they come in and they train, um, and, you know, some kids, uh, I mean, we literally, um, pick them up from school. In some cases, we send someone out with uh, one of our vans and like they come in, they do their homework in the cafe. And then, you know, when their turn is up, they get in the gym and they do their work and, um, and, you know, and, and they have a real sort of get highly engaged, highly motivated, sort of locked in. Um, so that happens from about three o'clock in the afternoon until almost eight o'clock every night. Um, and, uh, and it's just, you know, these kind of pockets of, of kids and, you know, our, our, our vision for the, you know, the world, I mean, if you look at our, our company's vision statements, it's essentially, you know, stronger, happier people through better health. I mean, that, that's really what, how we view it. And that's what we think we're doing. You know, I mean, we'll never tell that to them. You know, we tell them that you're going to meet your goals. Or you're going to, you know, jump higher, run faster or whatever is important to the kid. But internally, when we're talking, look, we're, we're building and helping to build better people, you know, stronger people who are more resilient, who are going to do better things. Um, and so I think that like, you know, if, if you like, as, as the proud dad, you know, after 20 years of kind of building this model or 18 or whatever it is, um, that's how I see it. You know, I sit back and I say, wow, like we're making a change on lives. Um, I'll give you a quick anecdote and then I'll shut up. Um, I I was giving a, um, a guest lecture, uh, at one of the PT schools and, um, and, and the first question came from a kid named Ryan. Uh, so give a little shout out to Ryan uh, Cusack. And, and he said, Hey Mike, it's Ryan. And I was so pumped because he was a kid that started with us in that exact kind of a group. Um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, he's now going to be a DPT. And I mean, it was like, you know, to me that like brought the whole thing full circle. Like this kid was inspired enough to go and want to get into this profession. And hopefully he's going to want to go change more lives too. And I think when we do that, we're, we're making progress. That that's an awesome story. Yeah, that full circle thing, man. And you really know the the good you're doing. It was cool walking through. So as I was coming out, we walked into the gym, <clears throat> saw all the kids, and then again, what I want everybody to understand: th- this stuff is being measured objectively. Um, you know, heart rate monitors, workload monitors. There was all kinds of good stuff. So it's not just kids showing up in a gym to work out. Yeah, again can't emphasize this enough um, from the gentleman. I saw everything objective from the kids working out there, everything objective. And then it was funny because I did see the group of kids doing their homework too. So man, what just popped into mind is the ultimate after school program, Mike, that's what you guys have created at base camp. You know, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. A true after school program. Thanks. Yeah. That's, that's meaningful to me. It really is. Yeah. So we're about 30 minutes in. Um, I figure we can only go about two more hours. What I want to go to next. So I, I think this is really good. And I'm going to make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of Mike because Mike is growing this vision and has a couple things. So we'll talk about those at the end about how you can become more involved in this and how you can be part of a huge solution to healthcare in what Mike has started. So we will talk about that at the end, but let, let, let's go now. So, so true population health discussion. Well, this is great, Mike, what you're doing at base camp. You got this one person, two person, three person, 
um, examples we just talked about. So now here we go on to the next step. So would you mind sharing a little bit about how you see this playing out a little bit on a larger scale? Yeah. So the, um, I mean, the, the, you, you hit it when you talked about the objectivity of data, right? So at my heart, I'm a, I'm a data geek. Um, I love it. Uh, it, it tells me really, I think the, the story that everyone needs to see is, is in the data somewhere. So um, that's really what led us to population health. And, and we work a lot with employers, essentially implementing the exact same things um, just in their space instead of in our space. Um, so that's kind of the tie-in, right, of why we call it base camp, right? Because that's base camp. And then some of us leave every day and try to climb different mountains. And then we come back to base camp every day. Um, so so the, the idea um, is that when you have standard data and you can really get that information in from different sources, then you know what interventions you need. And that's the essence of population health, right? Population health management is understanding what's going on, right? So where are people at, um, you know, and then understanding where they want to be, like what's the problem they need to solve, and then how fast, given the tools that you have, can you get them from point A to point B? Um, so, so that's really where it goes. Now, there's lots of different frameworks for that. One of the ones I love is called the social ecological framework, where you have the individual, that's the, the, one, the one person who walks in the door, and then you have kind of small groups. Groups. Um, so that might be those little mini tribes like the kids or social networks or uh, families or whatever. Um, then you've got the institution level. Now, institutions are kind of like defined populations. And that to me is where like the workplace is. So, so I, my work primarily is in that area um, because they really, they feel the pain. They understand exactly how much healthcare is costing them, and both in lives and quality of life and like people showing up to work and also in dollars. Um, so, to me, that's the sweet spot. Uh, and, and then you go up and down from there. There are two more levels above that, you, you know, community and then policy level. Um, we, we don't, you know, we deal in community, not a ton in policy, although through, I guess, APTA and, and my involvement there, uh, maybe a little bit, but, um, but yeah, you have to really represent all levels. And, and once you're dealing with a defined population, um, you can't afford to give every single person every intervention. It just doesn't make sense, right? Like, like we don't give an MRI to every single person that walks in. I mean, hell, we should probably give them to a whole lot less people. Um, but the one person who needs it, they need it, right? And same thing with surgery. Like, I'm not against surgery. I just think that we completely overutilize it, um, it when we could use exercise in its place most of the time. So, so that's population health management. And I think every PT has a role in that, whether they're at the data level, looking at the institutions and the, and the defined populations, or whether they're in their clinics. Um, but you've got to have a defined standard. We've got to have standard data. We've got to measure it the same way. We've got to treat it not exactly the same way, but close enough that we can all recognize it. I mean, th th there's a real need there. Um, and the minute we do that, uh, we win. I mean, it, like, it's just that simple. And the minute that someone else does that, we lose. So, so that's the game. So let me uh, clarify. <clears throat> um, we talked about a couple different things, but just to clarify, so we can, we can make this big effect in the way that you're doing it at base camp with the employers, correct? So we can, we can be, and let's just use the phrase here so we can be consistent. Uh, you can be the health coach at a, you know, at an employer of 5,000, uh, at an, at a company that employs 5,000 people. Yes. Right? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yep. Okay. And then, uh, so that's number one. Number two is you can also be the musculoskeletal coach. Yes. Without a doubt at the same place. Okay. Yeah. Good. I just want to clarify that. So, you know, kind of, yeah, we're, we're not talking about 
totally kicking everything out and that we can't be both. I just want to make sure and I don't know what people are hearing or how they're processing this. So I just want to clarify on that, that yes, we can be the musculoskeletal experts that all of us already are. And then as I love hearing Mike doing is making us go, well, you know, actually we're experts in more than just musculoskeletal care. And we're the term I wrote down, the very first term I put in my notes here was health. And what, uh, we all need to realize is Mike is talking health here, not health care. And that's what I love. And we need to differentiate that. Mike is talking about physical therapists being a solution to health. I talk about us being a solution in healthcare system. And then Mike's talking about how we can actually do it with health. And again, just thinking back to that person that I saw in his clinic that day and getting to hear that story. Um, and it's just phenomenal. And to think at the level we can do that at. And uh, Mike, you don't have to go too deep or, you know, but you are doing this currently at that uh, at that larger level, correct? Yeah, that's where um, the, the largest part of our business is working with employers. Um, mm -hmm. So even though, you know, you got to see base camp, I would have loved to have you, you know, tag along. But um, but yeah, that's I mean, every day we, we're working with you know, employer clients who are, are trying to solve that for their population. Um, so instead of people self-selecting one at a time, they're saying, Hey, here's, here's 5,000 lives or here's a thousand lives. What, what do I do with them? You know, like, like they're killing me from a cost perspective and I have more injuries than I know what to do with. And, you know, diabetes is popping up left and right. Like, like, what do I do? And, and we go, yeah, okay, well first you got to understand them. You know, you got to know what you're looking at and understand what the risks are. And then let's systematically make them better is um is everybody okay with the term prevention in our profession or is that a term that <laughs> no, no i see what serious. you did there I'm not trying to set you up. no I, I swear to god i swear to god i i remember there's the word prevention but there was another word risk reduction i mean is it all the same to you and i'm not trying to set you up for failure here and i'm not trying to get people pissed off maybe i am um but prevention risk reduction what are we doing can we just say we're preventing things i like i like simple words you know people yeah I mean, I think that there's, you know, and that, you know, so I won't go down the wormhole too much, but so, yeah. so the, most of the public health and population health world uses the terms prevention and health promotion, right? Okay. Um, as well as maybe lifestyle interventions, right? Like those are kind of the, the prevailing thought. Um, there are definitely members of our, of our, you know, PT community who, um, who, who don't like those terms because of the fact that, you know, sort of when you really look at the, the specifics of it, um, can you say, are, you know, are you misleading by using sort of the wrong term? Okay. And, and so I, I can see both arguments um, that that's definitely, you know, not, I just feel like in general, um, you know, I, I guess having worked out in the communities and in the, you know, um, workplace long enough, I, I do, I do much better. I, I won't speak for everybody. I do much better when I speak my, my client's language. So if they yeah, like the, the word that, prevention, I'm using the word point. prevention. Yeah. It is such a good point, and I beat that like a dead horse. We can have our conversations behind closed doors and at conferences with 10,000 people, but when we leave, when we open that door, we got to remember we've got to speak the words of, uh, you make a great point, the customer. And when the customer sitting across from you wants to save money and wants to prevent injuries, then then you know in your head, look, I'm reducing risk. I'm doing this and this. It's research proven. I'll I'll speak their language. They're saying prevention. I'll know it's risk reduction. But I, we we need to, and we need to we need to understand that. 
That's a great point. Yeah. Are you so having I mean, good success? Are you having success with some of the employers? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we have a, a fairly long tenure with our, our clients. Um, you know, truth be told, I, I, we haven't done a ton of marketing, um, ever really, because most of them sort of, you know, bring other groups in, you know, and say, Hey, we got the same result. You should get that. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to, uh, to train up some, some other PTs because I just think the opportunity is, is endless. Um, you know, there, there are definitely some skills and, and some things that need to be brushed up, uh, for most folks. Cause it's not a one for one, you know, it is slightly different. Um, Right. And there is some of that, like what you just said, you know, it, it's ironic. I mean, that's, um, so, so in the fourth unit of this kind of five, six unit course we were doing, um, you know, basically the, the, the thing I try to stress to the folks is look, you, you listen in your language, right? Like, like your language oh, is how you listen, right. but you speak in their language <laughs> that like, that's key, you know? Um, and yeah, so I think you nailed it. Now that's good. I love that. Listen in your language. I got to write that one down too. So I think this is the perfect spot, Mike. Um, I think that was a great, uh, great share all the way down. And I love the way it flowed into the people in the clinic, into that larger thing. And the one take home I want everybody to understand is we as physical therapists, so a licensed physical therapist, we have such a huge role to play in health and in healthcare and in fixing healthcare. When you look at the $3 trillion spend on healthcare, and that we can affect the three top levels of spend is just freaking insane to think about my little PT degree that I got 24 years ago. Can now with my education, I can be affecting the top three spins in healthcare. And then God, man, you want to talk about feeling good about yourself, seeing people who maybe didn't understand, you know, just what it was going to take and didn't understand their choices because they've never had some of the choices that you now present them with. It's just awesome. So Mike, you and I both know, um, this isn't being taught in a lot of places, um, and not necessarily hearing about it in a lot of places. So could you please share with everybody what you created to get the word out and to help people be able to deliver on everything you were talking about? Yeah, um, I would love to. So, so we've got, um, sort of a two pronged thing going. Um, so, so Jeff Moore and I, uh, through his company, ice physio have created a curriculum, uh, that we are, are teaching, um, PTs and, and, and actually some of them are even not yet PTs, they're students. Uh, and, and they really want to be in this area of practice and they see this as, as a potential for their future. So it's like a 12 week, um, hybrid curriculum that, you know, we, they get some sort of recorded materials. I'm like hammering them with, with reading and videos and webinars. And you know, like, you got to like, just pack your brain with this. Um, and then, you know, every few weeks we get together live and we have some, some real good conversations and discussions. Um, so the first uh, group, the first cohort is, uh, is done. Um, I think they're on, they're coming up on unit four out of, out of six. Uh, and the next one starts in February. Um, we have like a handful, but not many more than a handful of slots left, but, um, the response has been great. Um, on the other side, um, you know, we're, we're, I'm trying to convene PTs who are either in this realm or want to be, to have like a long-term ongoing discussion. And, and, and that is, um, through, you know, an academy that I've started to call the Academy of Prevention and Health Promotion Therapy. So APHPT.org. Um, and the idea there is, is to really help deliver the standard, right? Like what is going to be the standard of care for 
prevention and health facing therapies. Um, and, and I've got some really awesome PTs who have, have signed up to, to help with that. And, uh, and you know, it will essentially be a membership organization where we take on members who, who want to be practicing in this space. Um, so I'm excited about it. And, and people have really responded I mean, almost better than I expected. You know, I, I kind of sometimes float these things out there and expect it to sort of like languish a little, but um, I mean, the response has just been awesome. And, uh, and so I think within the next, you know, couple of months, um, you know, we're going to have both of those wheels really spinning. I mean, we're going to be training people who want to do this stuff and we're going to be convening them um, in this uh, APHPT.org uh, and, and really, you know, building that community. And uh, once we do that, I mean, we're going to make a huge impact overall on a lot of people's lives. Totally agree. It's just insane because I know there's a lot of PTs out there that want to do a bigger thing and know, okay, I focus on this person across from me. I'm going to do this one at a time, um, which I personally believe is a, is not a bad route to go, but as you've all not, but, and as you've all heard in this last 40 minutes is Mike has really got this system. He's got the system and Mike is doing, that's the other beauty here. And of which you heard in the intro is Mike is doing this. This is not a conversation about what can be. This is a doing conversation. So again, Mike, you have the a P H P T dot org. That's the Academy. And then for those people that are interested in the um, course with Jeff Moore yep. that he's teaching now, what, well, let me back up for those people that are uh, interested in the course with Jeff Moore, where can they find that? So there is a link on aphpt.org, or you can just go to Jeff's, um, you know, uh, his institute's page, which is uh, ice.physio. Um, so either one of those, it, it's on, it's on both. Good. I'll make sure those are in the show notes and everything, so everybody can scroll down and see all that. And then um, just a quick clarification on the twelve-week program, Mike. What, what are your goals? What are the goals people will be achieving um, when they complete that twelve-week? Yeah. So, so this is like a, like what I would call a level one course, right? It's really starting to hopefully get people to see, you know, do that kind of change in where you're facing instead of facing disease, face health. Um, we're using the workplace as, um, as the, you know, case point or the case study. So, so how do you actually work with defined populations? How do you get in with an employer? How do you build a, a book of business in this area? Um, if you want to be doing that, but then also there's quite a bit of that lifestyle interventions, right? So we're, we're essentially building a, on top of the platform of health, which of course usually means lifestyle interventions. Um, we're, we're then building our, the, the how to, it's much more of an applied course than a theoretical. Um, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not a guy who's, who's done 55 degrees and has every single letter after my name. It's just Mike Eisenhart PT. Like that's it. Um, but you know, for 18 years, I've had my sleeves rolled up and, and kind of dug into this stuff. And there's a lot of little details that, um, you know, that, that we've made those mistakes and you don't have to. So that's kind of the idea of the course is, is let's get people trained up and get them out there. Um, so that, you know, all boats will rise when the tide rises, but let's do it the right way. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll make sure there's information in there. And, um, you know, it's interesting, Mike, and we don't have to dive into this, but also but by create, by completing, by when someone goes through that course with Jeff and they get through the end of it, you, you're actually creating a network of known people who can deliver 
this health and lifestyle change to a greater population. So, so again, they will, whether known or unknown, they will be part of a network of people that can influence from coast to coast. Is, is that correct? Cause that's the way I see it too. Yeah. I mean, that is the sort of the longer arc, um, okay. you know, goal. Okay. Um, and I, I'll give Jeff a lot of credit there. I mean, he, he really understands that dynamic of, Hey, let's, let's build groups and that, you know, build a tribe of people who can do it. Um, and so I, yeah. you know, I was kind of complaining about that. Like, you know, there are companies who want to do this stuff and they might be coast to coast companies and like, Proactivity, Mike Eisenhart is not going to service, be able to service them across their country, right. you know, their territory. But we also can't offer them something different in every single place. So, yeah. so, you know, that's one of the biggest problems we have in therapy is all this crazy variation in how everybody does things. So hopefully as that map grows, we can say, yeah, like these are all folks who kind of were, were brought into this the same way, have the same way of thinking, same tools, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's great. So again, um, that's aphpt.org. And uh, you can find both the academy there and the uh, 12 week education program that Mike is offering, and that Jeff Moore is teaching. And um, as someone who knows Jeff Moore and has worked closely with him, he is one of the best teachers I've ever experienced. So I would definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, any last words, Mike, before we uh, cut off here, anything we didn't cover, anything you can think of? Uh, no, I mean, I, thanks for having me. I mean, this is an awesome, uh, it's an awesome platform and, and I'm so glad that more and more PTs are, are talking and thinking about these kind of disruptive models. Um, because I, I agree with you. I think we can be a solution. Um, you know, it's a big problem out there. We can be a big part of that solution. Uh, maybe even lead it. Uh, but, but we've got to, we've got to do it. Like we, we got to get there and get going. So great work by you. Maybe lead it. You are leading it. Buddy. <laughs> oh, thank maybe you. Maybe lead it. Jesus Christ. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm following you. <laughs> so <laughs> no, you are leading it and man, you're perfect guest on this podcast. So thanks Mike for agreeing to be on here. And I really appreciate your time. My pleasure, man. Thanks. Great. Thank you.